Hello and welcome to Tink, a podcast about making and doing and the act of undoing that sometimes comes along with that. I'm Catherine Jane and I shall be your host. You can find out more about me over at my blog, catherinejane.co.uk and that's spelled K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-J-A-Y-N-E. Over there you'll also find all the show notes for this episode so if you hear anything and want to know more just click on over and you'll be able to find out. There you will also find links to all of my different social media sites so if you want to see what else I'm getting up to or send me a message I would love to hear from you. This is the very first episode of Tink and I'm really excited to share it with you so I do hope you enjoy it. As this is the first episode, I thought I would use it as an opportunity to explain how Tink came to be and why I decided to get into podcasting. Recently, I went on a bit of a blogging hiatus and it was during this time that I first discovered podcasts. It started out with the A Playful Day podcast, which is all about Kate's crafting and making journey. And I just loved listening. It was a type of thing where I could get on with my own knitting and just listen along and feel inspired. It was then that I found others like um, The Geeky Girls and Wolfful, Knit British, The Curious Handmaid. There are so many that I do now listen to and I just find them all really inspiring and it really encouraged me to get making again and pushing myself creatively. It was on one occasion actually when I was listening to um, an episode of A Playful Day that my other half said to me, I bet you could give that a go and I tried to make my excuses about why I couldn't I don't know how to record a podcast and I don't really know how to set up a microphone and do all of those things and I don't have the equipment. But he dismissed that and was like, I have a mic, I know what to do so I can help you do it. Then the issue became, okay, so what am I going to call this podcast and what will I talk about? Majority of the podcasts I was listening to were quite heavily yarn craft based, so about knitting mainly. And I knew that I wanted to be more polycraftural with mine, um, so I do knit, and I knit more than anything else probably, but I do a lot of other things like make lace, sew, um, do some embroidery, so I wanted it to be a kind of all-encompassing type of making podcast. Saying that though, the name of the podcast is actually a knitting term. Tink is the word knit spelt backwards, and it refers to the act of unknitting each stitch when you go wrong so when you make a mistake you go and knit backwards to get to where the mistake is fix it and start all again and when I decided that tink was definitely what I wanted to call the podcast I then thought that it would be really great for the word tink to actually inspire the content as tink is a term which is all about undoing and doing I then decided that I wanted the podcast to be like an open reflection of the whole creative journey that you go on so including all the mistakes including when you go wrong and including when things go right each month I've been setting myself creative goals since I graduated from university to keep help me motivated basically I'm the type of person that if I don't set myself anything to do nothing really gets done as I'm doing that anyway I thought why not include it in tink So the podcast will be a monthly reflection of things I've been doing, things I have been undoing, things that have been my undoing as well. So it's not just a literal act of undoing things, it's things that have driven me crazy. So it might just be that I've set myself too many goals or that my sewing machine messes up or I can't get on with something because 
I'm finding it really difficult or the weather isn't right and I can't go out and do some photography. I'll let you know how I got on with the past month and also the goals that I'll be setting myself for the month ahead. Between those um, podcasts will also be whips on my blog to document how things are going. So if you can't wait in between the monthly installments, you can still find out what I'm getting up to and how things are progressing. So let's get cracking with looking at the goals that I set myself for the month of July. July has been quite a big month for me. One year since I graduated. Woo! Um, I'm not sure if that's meant to make me feel better or worse about the situation. I'm not really sure. But at the start of this month, I made a big decision in another way of deciding to leave the part-time job I had and I found another one. Um, which hopefully will be more relevant and put me on the right track for where I want to go more. Um, I'm still not 100% sure what my end career goal is, but we're getting closer and closer. So my new job's in the school helping to get people be creative. And I think ultimately that's where I want to be. I just know that I'd love to help other people make and do and just get involved in their own creative journeys. Another big event that occurred this month was a a friend I've had since I was about 16 got married. Um, I still think we're kind of too young to be getting married, or maybe that's just me not wanting to admit that I'm getting older. So when she told me initially that she was planning to get hitched, I decided that I would make her wedding garter for her. I think maybe now, looking back, it was a little bit ambitious for myself because at my lace class I'd only really made a couple of small things And the garter had to be 48 inches long, which, trust me, takes a long time. I've actually had to go back on my Instagram feed to find out when I started this. So there's a picture of the garter in its very initial stages taken 18 weeks ago. So I spent 18 weeks on the work. Well, probably 17 because I finished it last weekend just in time for the wedding. And it's the biggest project I've done to date. I learnt some new techniques involved in making the garter and one of those was a little woven stitch that has to be done in the centre between each panel of lace on each side so then that the ribbon that goes round can be inserted properly. And I also learnt how to properly use a gimp thread. So your gimp thread is normally a different colour to the main body of the lace and it circles certain sections of the lace. So the bride asked me for silver in the garter and... I knew I didn't want to do the whole garter in a silver thread because metallic threads are really scratchy. And also I thought it wouldn't really look as special if the whole garter was silver. It would lose its kind of shiny effect. So I decided that a gimp thread around the edge and also around the love hearts in the design would look really nice. And I was actually really pleased with how it looked. Um, The ribbon that I got to go through the centre as well was also a white, which was the colour of the main body of the lace, with a little silver edging. So it all worked out really nicely. But I will say, watching your lace all being gathered up so it can go on around the leg is actually really strange. It felt like all of my hard work was being gathered up into one, like, big lump. And you couldn't really see the detail as much, so I think that's probably just me being a bit over-sentimental with all of the work that I've involved in it but I know how long it's taken me and she really did appreciate it I could tell so at least it hasn't gone to somebody who doesn't really know how much it's worth. When I got towards the end of the lace I really couldn't wait for it to finish. Lace is really repetitive. I mean all the crafts I like are but 
after you've repeated the same design like hundreds of times, it <laughs> it does start to wear. And I was glad to be finished. And all of the really nice ladies at Lace were like, um, what are you planning to make next? And what do you think you're going to do? And all of my response was, was just basically um, something small. I really don't care what it is as long as it is small. I think I just need a few things that are quite, I was going to say quite quick. I mean, quite quick in comparison to a garter. Just to feel like I'm getting through something. I'm getting some productivity in, stuff made. I have been toying with the idea of designing my own lace and one of the women at the group has given me an old design that she did um, with the pattern in there and everything else so I can understand the process of it but I think it's something that I've got to think about for one of my August goals because at the minute I really don't have the time to be contemplating it and I've got to be guessing on all of these other goals that I've set myself for July. Included in those other goals are three knitting projects. Now, I'm not a monogamous crafter and I'm also not a monogamous knitter and I also really struggle to say monogamous. I think I'm saying it okay. Basically, I don't stick to just one knitting project in one go. I normally tend to have a travel knit project, so something small like a pair of socks, which it has been this month. Well, for the past two months really, because some of these knitting projects have been cast on since June whoopsie um i'll talk to you more about that in a second so i normally have a travel knits project and then i normally have two projects in the house i normally keep one upstairs i normally keep one downstairs which sounds really weird but i find that i sort of dip in and out of them depending on where i decide to sit down and rest and have a cup of tea i'm always really bad for thinking i can get things knitted a lot quicker than i actually do hint to why things have been on the needles since June but also the project I've been working on longest is a jumper that I've been knitting for my other half Graham um, so this project started and was meant to be finished before last Christmas but it didn't really happen I'm, I can't really remember why it hasn't really happened it's just been a really long process I know that I start I started the jumper basically with the sleeves because it's a flat knit project and I decided that, oh, I'll just whip the sleeves up and then it'll feel like I've progressed and stuff's got done. But the first few times I tried to knit them, I really, really struggled because they are a raglan sh sleeve shape. So when you get to the top, it's sort of, you have to start casting off stitches in a triangular method for people that aren't knitters and may not understand what I'm talking about. And I'm working in this textured stitch called a moss stitch. And basically... I got really confused of how I was meant to be decreasing stitches but then also keeping the moss stitch looking right and the pattern looking okay and the first few times I did it it just kept going wrong and the pattern wasn't really helpful in helping you decide how to figure it out it just said decrease while keeping the pattern thanks thanks a bunch that's really helpful after a couple of times though, I managed to finally get there and the two sleeves quickly whipped themselves up. Then I got to the front body. The first time I tried that as well, it was a struggle because there was new stitches that I'd never done before. There were twist stitches where you have to knit into the second stitch on your left hand needle and then purl into the first stitch on your left hand needle while keeping that second stitch there still. And I just find it really hard to do at first. And it's something that definitely has become a lot easier with practice. So this jumper is a pattern 
that I've actually really struggled to find the name for. It's really old. We found it in a haberdashery in Leicester and it was one that Graham chose and really liked himself. So it's got really nice moss stitch sleeves and it's got like a cabled design that a little, yeah, little cables and then next to the cables are diamonds that have the moss stitch pattern in as well and there's moss stitch on the side panels of the jumper. So it goes moss stitch, your cable and your diamonds uh, and cables again after the diamonds and some more moss stitch. It's really nice, a really nice textured pattern. The details that I have managed to get are that it is a sweaters in hayfield bonus Aaron, 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 sorry, um, 9469. So hopefully that's helpful if you want to have a look. I will take a picture of the pattern and have it in the show notes because I think that's going to be more helpful if any of you want to actually do it. And it comes in a round neck or a V-neck, so Graham chose a round neck. But I'm yet to get to the place on the front where I actually need to do the neck shaping, so I need to get that done really. My goal was to try and get the front done by the end of July, but that hasn't happened because I've been really busy trying to finish my other projects. So let's talk about them. My first finished knitted object this month was a beautiful pinecoat shawl by Carrie Westerman or Westerman. And it was knit in the Rowan Fine Art Hornbeam colourway, which is shade 311. So this pattern is from the Knit Generation book, which is full of designs by exciting upcoming knit designers. So it includes... Carrie Westerman, some Rachel Coopy, Andy Satterland. Um, well, they're just the designers who have pieces in there that I actually really like. So after this shawl, I've decided that I will go on to Juniper by Carrie Westerman. And I also really like Kimber by Rachel Coopy. And they're both hat patterns that are really beautiful. And then there's You by Andy Satterland, which is a really chunky cow um, in it's photographed in a beautiful navy and I am a sucker for navy. It's like my favourite colour after black and grey. I like all the sort of staple colours. That's why I was so surprised actually when I was knitting the pinecone shawl that I loved it so much because the hornbeam colourway is shades of green, like foresty greens. And I'm not normally one for colour, to be honest. And actually, I didn't think I was one for shawls. This is the first shawl I've ever made, which has made me really like sentimental about it but also kind of questioning when am I going to wear a shawl but Graham and I went out to the local woodlands yesterday while the weather was good because we've been having pretty awful rain and did a few photographs and I tried wearing the shawl a few different ways just to see how it would look and try and show off the beautiful lace pattern on it and I think I found a way that I would wear it. And I'm really excited to be sharing more of those photos in a blog post later during August. I've just got a few other posts lined up before I can get to that one. But if you want to see a sneak peek, head on over to Ravelry on my projects page where there's a snapshot. And um, I've also tweeted it and stuff like that. And when I tweeted it, Carrie replied and said that she loved it and it was really great because I was like yay the knitting designer loves the pattern being displayed in this way and I just think when you've knitted something and really enjoyed it and you think it's a really interesting piece of design work it, it deserves to be photographed nicely 
And I think it just shows your sort of care and attention extending beyond your, just your crafting. It extends into how you want to present the work. In terms of the pattern, like I said, I did find it really interesting and it wasn't too difficult. I was worried when I first tackled it that I would find it too much for myself because like I said, it was my first shawl and I didn't really understand how it would come together properly. But through knitting, it it happened. It happened quite easily and like I said, I didn't find it too difficult apart from keeping track of where I was in the lace. There were a few times where I did a few yarn overs where I shouldn't have done or I've missed a bit and got mistaken with a certain yarn over being earlier in the pattern and I had to um, tink back and correct myself but I did manage to figure out where I'd gone wrong which I always think is a great step with any craft that you do when you understand your mistakes because that means you're learning and that you know what you're doing even if you're doing it wrong. At the start of this project as well, I also learned the massive importance of blocking. So I knitted up the gauge swatch first and it wasn't right. I didn't block it though. I blo I measured without blocking and I was like, I'm not getting the right gauge. And I tweeted to Carrie again like, help, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And she said, have you blocked it? And I said, mm, kind of tried, but... I hadn't done it properly and once I had I got the gauge properly so knitters make sure you always do your gauge swatch and always block properly and once I blocked the shawl as well I blocked that properly and it looked so nice laid out and while I was waiting for it to dry I was like oh, I'm so proud of myself <laughs> it just I know it sounds silly but I was just really pleased that I'd actually managed to get something done this month and the shawl is like I said the first one that I've done and it's just great to see it come off the needles. Another project and my final knitting project to talk to you about that's really close to completion is a pair of vanilla socks from Wendy D. Johnson's Socks from the Toe Up book. I bought this book last year from Loop when it was around my birthday. Um, I went and treated myself to some beautiful um, sock yarn and a book about how to make socks because I'd never done it before and it was something that I really wanted to have a go at. So I bought everything that I needed. So um some DPNs as well and some stitch markers and stuff like that to get everything ready to make my first pair of socks. And the yarn I used for the first time was some Lang uh, J-Wall, J-A-W-O-L-L. -L. Yeah, that's right. And um, it was in a pale grey that was kind of flecked and I loved it and it was beautiful. And I quickly made up my first pair of socks. Well, actually it wasn't very quick, it took me quite a while. Um, like I said, slower knitter than I think I am. And after I knit those socks, I had about 20 grams left from each ball of wool. And considering there are only 50 gram balls, it was quite a lot of yarn. And I decided that I wanted to buy a darker shade of um, the Lang sock yarn and make some contrast toe and heel socks. So it was... Like the yarn was bought with the intention of being a stash buster and I decided that I would have to use all of the grey in the sock, all of the dark grey that came with the new balls. So it meant they were going to be quite long socks. So I had to learn how to do, um, like make one right and make one left, which is a way of increasing neatly in your knitting. So you do that on the side seams of the socks so you don't have to see it on the design pattern. And my socks are so long and that's why they're taking me so long as well because after you've turned the heel, 
so to say. Um, it's short row heels that I've been doing. After the heels been turned, it's another like 140 stitches nearly before you even get to the ribbing, which is in the paler grey. And um, they have been quite a project and I am currently 95 rows up on the second sock. And the first one's been blocked already because I did a big blocking session when I blocked the shawl. I had other pairs of socks that needed a good wash. So I'm hoping these will be done. I have a couple more days left, so I'm recording this a little bit early. Um, yeah, a couple of days to get it done, and it's been factored into my schedule this week. So I'm determining they will be ready by Friday, and I can be like, socks are finished for this month. Yes! This month I've already decided what socks I would like to do next, but I think I should really talk about them in the August goal but this month I did the prep work for them. So I bought some Reggie uh, sock yarn in the Arnie and Carlos line. So this sock yarn is amazing. And basically it's been like machine dyed so that when you knit it up, it looks like fair on knitting. So it's dyed in little color sections that then somehow when it's knit up, it knits into a pattern, which I'm not normally one for um, like variated color yarns where it's totally different shades. But this yarn is so beautiful and I just really like the idea of having socks that look like Fair Isle without having to do all the work of Fair Isle, which I know is a bit of a cheat's way out, but I'm really intrigued. And the prep work that I had to do for this was finding finding a way for the, the colours to match up so I could knit two socks from the 100 gram ball. So each sock will have 50 grams worth of yarn in it. So I had to like weigh the yarn out into two balls that were equal weight and then find where the colour dyed pattern matched up with each other and it was actually quite faff and it got quite tangly and messy but now at least it's ready for August when I start on my next goal for knitting but let's not talk about that now let's talk about the goals that I've had also for this month for July so we'll move on to some sewing goals that I set myself Now, I'm not the world's greatest sewer, but compared to all the other slow crafts that I really enjoy, sewing is something that can happen quite quick and speedily, and that's what I love about it. And since I was a teenager, I've loved making and doing stuff, and I've loved clothing. Um, typically, I get my clothes from charity shops, or I even hand make them. So dressmaking is something that I've been trying to get more into and to progress with, because I, again, it's something that it really only comes with practice and to keep doing it and to be precise and calm and today my patience has actually been really tested with the sewing that I've been doing so I'm going to tell you all about that. At the start of July I set myself quite a few sewing goals but I've only managed to complete one which is the Cooper bag by Colette in the Walden range. It's a really versatile bag pattern that comes in three different views so you can have one that's like a messenger bag or a backpack or I think the last one is more like a briefcase kind of bag that also can be used as panniers on your bike which is really clever and if I thought about it I would have incorporated some of that design into the backpack version which I chose to do. I have a messenger bag that I use all the time. It's a beautiful Harris Tweed cross dot martins bag that I bought about two years ago 
but the only problem is that where the strap sits, it's really wearing into the tweed and I need to learn how to darn to fix it. Um, and I also find that when I wear this bag, I just get a really bad shoulder ache and that's why I wanted to make a backpack. So the weight of what I was carrying was being distributed over both of my shoulders and wasn't giving me any pain, hopefully. Originally, it was actually Graham that bought this pattern and I've just decided to make it ahead of him. He bought it because he has seen me do a bit of dressmaking before and I was like, well, maybe you should give it a go. It might be something that you enjoy. I mean, I really like um, sewing patterns because they're really methodical and I love doing things step by step and being instructed and informed and just like precision, get things done, move on to the next thing. And I especially love the Colette patterns. I've made the Zinner skirt before and I think I made the version with the pleats in. Um, when we went to photograph the shawl on Monday, well, yesterday, we also took some shots of the skirt because I made it ages ago and I've actually never shared it on a blog anywhere. So I look forward to that. Um, so Colette patterns are really great because they come in like little packages where you can, it's got like a book of how to make the object and then a section at the back where you can keep all the pattern pieces, which is great compared to the big fold-out sheets that you get normally in a pattern. I find it really infuriating when you're like trying to figure out where you are and having to unfold and fold this big sheet of paper to figure everything out. When I was putting the pattern pieces back today after finishing making the bag, I noticed that it said that a portion of the proceeds from this pattern goes to animal welfare, which is actually really sweet and it makes me like Colette more as a pattern brand. Um, people who don't know I'm vegan and my veganism actually didn't start because of animal rights issues but has slowly progressed to include some of those so it's great to know that by doing something as simple as buying a pattern and making the thing up you're helping towards animal welfare and doing something good. Making this bag go hasn't felt all good and it's by no means the fault of the pattern it is so machine issues. The dreaded sewing machine issues that happen just as you're about to finish the bag. You are literally sewing the lining into the bag and then your sewing machine does not want to play at all. So today I've had quite a big meltdown about the fact that my needle thread kept snapping and it was infuriating to the stage where I've like taken the bobbin out, cleaned all out to make sure it's not lint fluff that's stuck in there that's causing issues. And I've Googled and I've YouTubed and I've been trying everywhere on the internet to find solutions. And it was getting to the stage where I was just getting so infuriated. I was like in tears and I was like, why is this not working? Why can't I get this to work? <laughs> so really, I needed a bit of time away. And I went to a local shop that we have in my town called the Sewing Cafe. And the ladies in there are really helpful. I explained what was going wrong. And they said, right, it's probably that your needle isn't heavy enough duty, really. So depending on what you're knitting, um, sorry, depending on what you're sewing, depends on what needle size you need. And the bags is suggested to be worked in like a canvas fabric. And I've got this beautiful like black fabric that's got like a diagonal weave on it. And it's quite thick and I just I thought it was a problem with the top thread and the bobbin not working properly and the lady in the shop was like it's probably that your needle isn't thick enough or heavy enough duty to actually get through all of those layers therefore it can't get all the way through to pick up your bobbin thread so try that out see if that works use this really strong heavy polyester thread as well to make sure it's a strong thread that isn't going to snap when you're working and I took it home 
And lo and behold, it worked straight away. All I needed was that bigger needle. And then the bag was finished really quickly. So I felt a little bit silly for having such a like meltdown about such a silly little thing. But it was just infuriating, especially when I was so close to the end of the project. And the bag turned out great. I'm really, really happy with it. It's quite a big bag, so you can fit A4 documents in, which I always used to find was a problem when I was at school. So if you're a young, younger person and you need like a bag that's big enough to fit all your stuff in, it's great. And like when I was at uni, it was a big problem because we'd carry around like big up pieces of like um, sketchbooking work and all of that. And I was just like, I need bags that I can actually fit stuff in. And I do tend to carry quite a bit of stuff around with me when I go off on a journey. So I need a big rucksack and I'm really pleased with it. Uh, the bag actually... It says to use two different colours, so you can do it so it's like contrasted. But I decided to do it all in black because it's just really versatile and easy to carry around. And then I have a grey lining on it. I told you I love black and grey, I can't help myself. I did also manage to squeeze in some embroidery this month. Um, I've had this embroidery project going on for quite a few months actually. And it's quite a big piece, so it's on like a tapestry frame, which means that it's not very portable. And I only really get to do it when I'm in my studio and I'm not doing something else. So it gets neglected, and bless it. Um, it's based off an illustration that I did, like a fashion illustration. I love like couture work, and I love ornate clothing. Even though I personally won't wear it, I love to look at stuff like that. So it's based off of those, and it's like heavily stitched and beaded. And um, then I have certain panels which have really intense satin, satin stitches, which are really small stitches, which are all sewn next to each other. And inside those panels will be like floral designs, knit, uh, sorry, stitched in. I'm so obsessed with knitting, aren't I? Oh, that's all I can think about. So they'll have the floral designs stitched in. And this month I managed just to get a lot of the satin stitching done. Um, like I said, it's slow progress on that one. Um, but it's something that I really want to get done soon. I just really want to get things done. I hate leaving things for a long time, even though that's what tends to happen with a lot of the crafts I do because they are slow, long process, and sometimes it can feel like you're working on a piece forever. But that was it for my July goals. Well, there were more July goals, but they didn't happen. Like I said, um, in relation to one of the other pieces, I can be really overambitious with myself and think that I have loads of time to get things done. But as I said at the start of the July section, it was a big month in the fact that when I left my job, I then had to go for like job interviews and like try and get myself sorted. And I've had to buy a car now to accommodate this new job and all of these things just distract from your energy and your time and I've had a few weeks of just feeling really low energy I don't know if it was the change of weather so it went from being quite sunny and warm to being really rainy and like overcast and really just not very nice and it just really stumped me and then I gave blood towards the end of the month and it took me a few days to recover from that um, it was a warm day when I gave blood and it was only my second time and when I stood up from the chair, I got a little bit lightheaded and they had to sit me in this special little chair and bring me some drinks over and like tip me backwards to make sure that all the blood got back to my head. And I was fine. I was absolutely fine. I got a bit of a nasty bruise this time, um, but everything went well and hopefully it will come in handy for somebody else.
I'm hoping that August will be much more productive because I have a little bit of time in between the two jobs. So I've just finished my last job at the end of July and I start my new job at the end of August. So I've got some time to really indulge in making and get stuff done, which I'm so excited about and I'm going to tell you about now. The start of August is going to be quite busy for me so since I've left uni I've done quite a lot of voluntary work and from April I've been volunteering at Coates Badge Educational Trust which is um, a charity based off of an archive by the Marriott family and it's a great little unique spot in my home county and I've been helping them to devise a pop-up wall week that will be running from the 1st of August so Saturday the 1st of August Sunday the 9th of August and as part of this I've been like helping to find stall holders find events to set up and just get everything planned and it's been a great experience for me and I'm really excited for it to start I'm gonna go like as many days as I possibly can and sit there with my knitting and get to meet all other people in the area who are fiber enthusiasts and there's going to be a group of spinners there and they're going to be doing like drop spindling workshops and people teaching you how to crochet and how to weave and all sorts of fibre crafts. And there's a special children's day, which I will be helping um, little ones to make some pom-pom sheep, which I'm excited about too. And also there'll be sheep sharing, storytelling, face painting, all sorts of stuff going on. So it's going to be a great time to sit and get making and it look like I'm meant to be doing it and not that I'm distracting myself from my proper work. This month with my knitting goals, I really want to try and focus on getting Graham's jumper finished and then learning some new techniques. So what I love about hand knitting is that you can just learn so many new things and the next thing that I want to learn is to magic loop. So this hat pattern that I mentioned by Carrie Vesterman um, that is called uh, the Juniper hat that's from that Knit Generation book, that same Knit Generation book that the Pinecone Shawl was from, that needs to be done by knitting in a magic loop. And I've never done it before. I've knit in the round, but I've got loads of circular needles sitting about, and I really wanted to use them. And with that Regia sock yarn that I talked about in the July section, I want to know how to magic loop so I can do the two-at-a-time socks. So that I know the pattern's going to be running the same in both socks while I'm knitting them, and then I can stop both at the same time and make sure they're the same length. And then hopefully I won't get that sort of second sock syndrome that you hear a lot of knitters talking about, where after they've knit the first sock, they're then too bored to carry on with the second. The juniper hat is actually made by using... Um, two different balls of yarn and taking a strand from each and knitting them together to make the hat. So I'm really excited to get started on that. Uh, they're both rowing blends of wool. So this Knit Generation book just uses purely rowing yarns. I guess you can substitute other yarns in if you want to do that. At the minute, I'm at that stage where I feel more comfortable using the yarn recommendations that are on the pattern. So it includes using one Kid Haze kid silk haze yarn and one felted tweed and i've used also the color palette that's suggested in the pattern so if you're interested in that have a look at the knit generation book or check out carrie vesterman's ravelry page where i'm sure you can find links to her patterns 
And if you fancy buying it, do. It's beautiful hat. I know I keep saying beautiful as an adjective. I need to find something else. It's a lovely little hat that, because of the kid um, silk haze, has like a nice little soft halo about it. And it looks really fluffy and warm. And I love winter hats. I'm not much for wearing summer hats, but I really love like winter hats and scarves. And I love autumn, basically. I'm an autumn baby, so that's probably why. And I got that yarn from the Wool & Co shop, which unfortunately has closed down now. And I got it during their closing down sale. And while that was going on, I kind of went a little bit crazy. I thought, let's make the most of this and try and get as much stuff as I can. With the yarn, it had to be yarn that was going to be used for a project. So I was really good in that respect. And then I also brought myself some new patterns. I got two patterns by Ysolda, I think. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right, so I'll spell it. It's Y-S-O-L-D-A. And I got the Strokur pattern, which is a traditional Icelandic Lopias cozy sweater. I'm really sorry, my pronunciation is awful. And the pattern, spelled, the pattern name is spelled S-T-R-O-K-K-U-R. And then I also brought her blank canvas jumper, which is just a really nice fitted jumper. Um, that has got a little dart in the front, so it fits really nice and it has a raglan sleeve on it. And then I also brought two Brooklyn tweed patterns. I brought Back Bay, which is um, for women. And then I also brought the Fort military style pullover, which has really nice elbow patches. And it's, it's a men's jumper, but I might knit it for myself because it's really nice. Along with that, I also brought the four most recent pom-pom magazines because they were on sale as well. And I've been listening to the Pomcast and I was just like, I need to start getting that magazine in my life and get knitting. Um, because they talk about the patterns in their Pomcast and I'm just like, I don't know what they're referencing and I want to see these things. And I've seen them at trade shows before, actually. I saw them at Ali Pali last year and I didn't buy any when I was at the time because actually I found that day a quite generally just overwhelming and it was just too much for me really and um I also tend to find that before when I bought other magazines I don't really use the patterns as much but since getting these ones I've gone through and there's already patterns that I want to knit just from one uh, edition so I'm really excited to get through those more and have a look but I'm going to tell you about the yarn that I bought I've already mentioned the two rowing yarns that I bought from the Wool & Co closing down sale, but I also brought more. So I did buy more sock yarn. It's um, Lang sock yarn. This is for Graham. I bought a grey and a yellow. And the yellow, when it came, was actually more soft and less mustard than it looked online. So I think we're both a little bit disappointed, but I'm going to knit him some sort of stranded colour work um, socks. So I've been designing those and I really love sitting and with a bit of grid paper and designing patterns. Um, maybe that says a lot about me. But I guess it's like adult colouring books. It's really therapeutic and it's just something that I really enjoy. So at the minute, it's just trying to balance the two colours to make sure that I'm not going to run out of one ball before the other. So Graham said that he wants most of the sock, predominantly yellow, with a grey patterning on. But then he also wants the toes, the heel and the rib worked in the grey. So it's going to be a challenge to make sure that I'm getting the balance right and I'm not using too much grey. I also got um, yarn for another stranded colour work project. It's this Fair Isle inspired pullover from the Knitting Vintage book by Claire Montgomery. And it's beautiful. 
and I got some Jameson's Shetland wool to use for it. So I bought three color, three balls of the base color, which I've decided to do in gray. And then I've bought um, a pinky shades, bluey shades, a few greeny shades. And I think there's a purple in there as well, if I haven't mentioned that already. I didn't use the colors that it suggested in the pattern. I looked on what was there in the sale and colours that I thought worked well together. So I'll be posting a image in the show notes and I'll probably be talking about my plans for this project in the future um, over on the blog at some stage or I'll be posting a snap on Instagram of the yarn next to the pattern, things like that. So it'll be there to see somewhere, somehow. I don't really have any more yarn-based goals, though... I do need to get on with this crochet tumbling block inspired quilt that I've been working on for Graham. I forgot to mention in the July goals, but I did manage to get three diamonds done for him. So the three diamonds are in three different colours. One's like um, a tealy blue, one's like a greeny shade and one is greyy. And I've been making this blanket for him for a long time. And I only really ever get the chance to sew it up when I visit his parents' house. Um, so hopefully during this month that I'm off I will have the opportunity to spend some time on that and get some work done because there's loads of diamonds sitting around waiting to be done and when we went to Drayton Manor with my mum for a birthday last month I managed to get three diamonds done in the day in between like sitting around on rides which was great um, <laughs> my mum gets annoyed at me because I do try and take knitting projects or anything yarny based with me wherever I go and I've been known to walk down the street knitting, which I think infuriates her. One thing I can't carry around with me, though, in public is my sewing machine. And <laughs> even after today's kind of meltdown, I have set myself some more sewing goals. So um, I've been wanting to make myself a new purse for a while. I think purses are something that it's really hard to find what you want. And... I was in John Lewis last month, I think, and I came across this beautiful, like, woven-y, tweedy fabric that's predominantly black and grey and white, but then it has a fleck of blue running through it. And I bought it, um, um, I think it was just under half a metre. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it. I just knew that I wanted to own it and have something that was made in it. So I'm thinking of making myself a purse. So I've been working out dimensions of where, like, I need to... Th- fit cards in and how many cards I can fit in and a change pocket and space for everything else that I want to have um, in my purse when I'm carrying it around which isn't really a lot because I hate carrying change so really I just need like a wallet so it will be primarily a wallet which is like a little coin purse bit attached to it and in terms of um, stuff like that I also want to make myself a bobbin case for my lace bobbins So when I first started lace making, I got given a little wrap thing that one of the other ladies used. And it's got like curtain looping at the top where you can put your bobbins through. But I'm going to make one um, out of the same fabric that I made my lace bag in, which has like typewriters all over it. And then I'm going to put elastic at the top where I can just hold the bobbins in. And then I want also that to have a little pocket bit on it because then I can put things like scissors in there and some of the other tools that you have to use in lace, um, such as, I think it's called a Lazy Susan, which is a piece of thread attached to uh, like a needle bit that helps you to sew your ends together at the end. And then you need like a pin pusher to push your pins down at certain times and one to pull pins up because it can get really painful on your fingers when you're having to lift all the lace pins out. 
So I need somewhere I can hold stuff like that and hold threads and other bits and bobs when I'm going to my lace classes. The big sewing project that I've set myself this month is to make the McCall's shirt dress pattern that I have, which is pattern number 6696. So when I left my job that I'm currently at, my leave-in present was a gift voucher for the sewing cafe. So when I went in today um, to try and get help with this bag problem, I decided to pick up some fabric and I bought this beautiful herringbone fabric that's navy and white. It's quite light compared to other fabrics that I've got. And I was quite concerned initially that it might be too light for me because I do tend to wear darker clothes. Um, I'm just more comfortable in that sort of thing. And I was a bit worried about how it would fit into my wardrobe and how it might look on a larger scale because the pattern's really nice. But sometimes when things transfer into a bigger surface area, it can be lost. But it looked all right and I decided to bite the bullet and just go with it. And I'm really excited to hopefully get that started. So I want that all cut out and made this month. Um, it'll hopefully be a great thing for like work and all sorts of things. It's a shirt dress, like I said, and I've decided to go for version B, which has short sleeves. There is one where you can have no sleeves, but then I'd just be tempted to wear a long sleeve sort of top under it. Or there's ones where as well the skirt's fitted, but I'm choosing to go for a more gathered skirt at the waistline because that seems to suit my body shape more. I really don't like tight-fitted skirts. My shoulders are quite a bit smaller than my hips and it can tend to make me look really bottom-heavy if I don't wear something that's more um, flared out because if it's too fitted, it just sort of pronounces the large hip area and it just makes me feel uncomfortable. So... When I make stuff, I tend to avoid that. And then other sewing, as in hand sewing, I really want to get this embroidery done that I was talking about and just have it finished and be able to share it so I can get onto something else. <laughs> um, I have some embroidered bags planned that are gonna be using my logo designs um, from off of my blog. So the Catherine Jane logo, I really would love to stitch that on a bag to have as a new knitting bag um, or an alternative knitting bag because I only have one project bag at the minute and I would really love to make myself some more. And then inside the project bag, I'd love to have little zip-up bags that hold like my um, stitch markers and stuff like that and little scissors and a crochet hook for when you maybe accidentally drop a stitch and stuff like that. So I have lots of goals. Um... <laughs> Again, I am a bit worried that I will set myself too much, but hopefully it won't be too bad and that things will get done. I'm really hoping, like I said, that this chance of um, having a bit more time to devote to my creative stuff will help. But during this period of time as well, I really want to spend some time reflecting on how I'm going to utilise my new schedule that will be coming in at the end of August to my advantage so I can keep making and keep progressing and keep getting things done. Um, if any of you have followed along on the blog before, you'll know that um, I graduated from my degree a year ago and it was an arts degree and I'm still kind of really keen to involve myself in the arts and keep making, keep progressing and not to give up on this goal that I set myself of making a career from a creative lifestyle and it's something that is taking its time and it can be quite difficult and it's a challenge and there are days where you don't want to do it, but I know ultimately that's where my heart lies and that's where I want to be heading. So it's just finding ways of working that around, having a normal job, even though this normal job 
is hopefully like I said a step in the right um step in the right place step in the right direction even to get to where I want to be going and making the lifestyle I want work for me so that's it for tink today I hope I haven't bored you too long <laughs> um bored you too much for too long even as you can tell it's getting towards the end of recording and I myself am getting quite tired so it's probably best to say my farewells um like I said all the show notes are over on the blog at katherinejane.co.uk spelled k-a-t-h-e-r-i-n-e-j-a-y-n-e.co.uk there you'll find all links to all of the information I've talked about today and all the links to my social media as well. So if you want to send me a message or let me know what you thought of this episode, I would really love to hear from you. I'm always open to suggestions and the podcast is very new and in its early stages. So anyone who has any useful hints or constructive criticism, it would be great to hear from you. That's all from me until next month. I hope you have a great month of making and doing, even if some of it leads to some undoing. 